like curry. I've been wanting something I can feel. Promise I am never letting up. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. All right, keeping it moving. Um, and I was where where were we at going into break? I don't mean you got sidetracked. I was leaving the point. Well, that, yeah, oh, we were still talking Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah. Look. This is the thing. This is the reason that I didn't get to the reason to explain why there's some skepticism. Because when you're talking about seven years from not playing football, I, I just think that, you know, when there's an opportunity that's an obvious opportunity like they have in the Jets, where there's a media outcry and a fan base outcry like, look, Zach Wilson isn't that guy. He's not the answer, which we'll get to that here shortly. I feel like it's a situation where you do something which you know the obvious the result is going to be. Like meaning that, you know, we like Kaepernick resurfaces when there's opportunities that there's a glaring hole for a quarterback and it lingers. And then we hear rumors coming up. Well, Kaepernick wants to. Oh, what about Kaepernick? And part of me is that if you take time to write a letter to the Jets organization, the worst case scenario, your name's going to stay out there. This whole topic, and we, we know how divisive it was at the time years ago. We know what it is. I've been on record saying without a doubt he was blackballed from the NFL. He has sued the NFL. I mean, you know, when you go sue somebody, I mean, nine times out of ten, are they going to hire you or be willing to hire you if you want to go that way? The bottom line is that he – I've said that on the record. He was blackballed. But the reality of it is you have to remember the time uh, that he was, had a tryout, whatever. He didn't show up. There were some NFL scouts there. He chose for whatever reason, uh, you know, not to show up. I remember at that time it was because he thought that it was a fixed thing, that certain teams didn't show up or all that, whatever the case may be. But I just feel that the question I have, and only he knows this deep down, but on the outside looking in, the question I have is like, okay, I do believe there was a period in that first two to three year window, Kaepernick still wanted to play football. He still that was without a doubt. He wanted to get back in the league where he he was being punished for a stance he took. But as times go by, when you have the Netflix series and you got the deal with Nike and you got foundations and you're doing and stuff like that, you know, you do speeches. He does motivational speeches, all that. And none of that stuff is for free for the most part. And he does a lot of stuff in regards to donations to the community and, and you know, challenge, you know, uh, suburban areas. He does all that. But the reality of it is, if you sit there and you write a handwrite letter to the Jets organization that's in New York, by the way, media capital of the world, you know it's going to be discussed across the sports platforms and probably even news outlets to be like, wow, remember, he's still trying to get in. So I just think you can't, it's hard for me 100% to buy in that he is 100% seven years removed to the game, really wanting to really get back in to play the NFL. Now, I'm not going to sit there and say all of a sudden that the Jets be like, oh, okay, well, hey, man, let's give it a try. I'm not going to say, I'm like, oh, I was just playing. That's not what I'm saying. But that's just the skepticism I have at this point with so many years uh, passed by. What do you got, Tony? Well, I, I feel like in his letter, uh, you know, he lays it out for him pretty plainly, I feel. Um, he said, I'm, I'm sure of my ability to provide you with an elite quarterback option if, God forbid, QB1 goes, da- goes down. However, I feel there are many. Uh, however, I know there are many. Uh, maybe may naturally be 
uncertainties from you and possibly from others about my playing abilities, this plan, I believe, which is going to the practice squad, not going to the roster, uh, this plan, I believe, allows me to be of great service to the team as a practice squad QB, while also giving you a low commitment chance to assess my capabilities to help in any other capacity you may see fit. Worst case scenario, you see what I have to offer and you're not that impressed. Best case scenario, you realize that you have a real weapon at your disposal in the event you ever need to use it. In either of these scenarios, I would be committed to getting your defense ready week in and week out all season long, and I would wear that responsibility like a badge of honor. Now, we also know that there's names floating out there, Matt Ryan maybe coming out of retirement or whatever like that that you want to entertain with the Jets, and he closes in, 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 in addressing that issue too. As a final point, I would like to add this. Unlike many of the veteran quarterbacks that have been named in the media, I've never retired or stopped training. My training schedule has remained the same for six years. Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. training on the field and in the weight room. I've kept the schedule of training without failure for the last six years in hopes that an opportunity would prevent itself. He goes to say, I have also attached a list of my references within the league that will vouch for my character, work ethic, and ability. He lists Jim Harbaugh, Chip Kelly, John Harbaugh, and Mark Davis as his four references. Interesting um, connection there with Mark Davis. Somebody had to help me out on that one. Um, Look. Fine. It sounds good. Is, is he good. trying to work his wages back into the sport? Maybe maybe not even so much quarterback because he said help in any capacity. He maybe sees an opportunity to be a QB coach, a throwing coach, um, just 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 looking for a job. Player, what, what, practice squad players make thirteen thousand or whatever a week, or twelve thousand minimum per week. I, I, honestly, me personally, I don't think Kaepernick's hurting for money. I really don't. I think this is part of my skepticism to where when it bits brought up, yes, all that stuff is very convincing in that letter. I do believe I've heard and I've heard it before that Kaepernick trains, you know, whatever. Well, at the end of the day, you want if you're a look, <laughs> you know, I don't want to come across this way. But the truth of the matter is, if you are a if you've made it to the level where you are a paid professional athlete. There's a certain type of level and a certain type of commitment that you've got to get and you've got to make to your body to get to that level and maintain a professional athlete. If you just stop playing all of a sudden, whether it's due to the fact that you're getting blackballed or you whatever, it is not it does not take much to stay in the right state of mind that you're going to just continue being routine and work your life and work out if that's part in you. Now, some guys can blow up and gain weight, stay out of shape. But if you're already custom and it doesn't bother you, you've got regular average day working people that can get up at five o'clock that's motivated to work out and stay in shape because they want to try to live longer. So I'm not going to poo-poo on the fact that, yeah, there is a commitment there. And I do believe him he's doing that. But that's part of his DNA. That's just like if you look at Floyd Mayweather. Have you seen Floyd Mayweather gain weight or do anything like that since he stopped fighting? No, because Floyd Mayweather would all of a sudden decide to go run four miles at 3 o'clock in the morning. Or go work on a bag work because he ain't preparing to fight nobody unless it's a damn, uh, you know, celebrity fight or some make-believe crap. So my point is... As time has gone on, I believe Colin Kaepernick, whether the Jets want to or not, he's already won because his name's back out there. And you have shows like this, shows bigger platforms, TV, First Take, all the other ones that they're going to talk about it. 
And so it allows him to have the benefits of the foundation. It keeps that whole story to come along. Who knows out of this? They say no. Somebody, well, you know what, Kaepernick? Let me have a sit-down interview. Let's talk about this again. Oh, okay. Well, my time's this and this and that. That'll be 20000 for that interview. Oh, he made twenty grand just at getting his name back out. I'm not telling you, you. I mean, you might think I'm going on the grassy knoll, but I'm just telling you, seven years is seven years, man. And you just and the NFL is a, a league right now that is looking to try to get better, cheaper, and younger at that position. I mean, and you're talking about a fan base, a half a fan base that was ready to throw Deshaun Watson out to the trash after the Pittsburgh game. And you have to look at this as a guy that almost went two years that didn't play football, let alone seven. And I think, in my opinion, Deshaun Watson has always been a bigger upside and a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. That's the way I look at it. Now, would I be happy if the Jets or some team say, you know what, we'll bring you up? Of course. But again, I think Colin Kaepernick is not no dumb cookie, man. He know he sued them. He know that he put the NFL, he put back the curtain and put the mirror, however you want to say it, pulled the mirror in front of their face and showed how hypocritical these owners are, and he sued them. Do you really think, I mean, because honestly, the NFL, they can fall back on that now. Hey, man, you know, we, we've had, we got caught up in legal trouble. We've spent much money. I mean, that's just, I don't know, that's bad PR. When it comes down that we all know why he was kept out of the league in the first place. 877-37-GRIND. Moving on not too far, let's talk about that organization, though. Um, there are some reports. There was a reporter. He's like a team reporter. He works for the New York. I don't know if it's the New York Post or New York. I, I forget his name. My apologies. But he kind of leaked out there and basically said, look, he's got and he covers the team. But there is he's reporting there is a growing riff that's going in the locker room. With the defensive players, the way they're looking at Salah, based pretty much basically off the way he is still or running or being fake, however you want to, coddling Zach Wilson. Meaning like step in the media, no, he's still our guy. We didn't lose because of Zach. So according to this report, there is a growing sentiment in the locker room of the defense that if there was anybody else who pretty much had a problem with this, or, you know, if there was any other player that was playing bad like Zach is, they would be benched to replace. Look, I don't know what people want Solid to say in regards to the situation. Um, you know, I've heard criticism, which I didn't think of it that way. I mean, because I think he's done a good job the way he's built this team. The Jets, their general manager, I mean, they didn't get reinsurance for Aaron Rodgers at that backup position. He was going to turn 40, what, 41 or 40 this year at that at that position. Um, look, they go out and sign Trevor Simeon. Off, there, there's no... There's nothing that could come in and save their bacon this year. I don't believe that. I think that this team took a chance on Aaron Rodgers, went all in, and the bottom line of it is he blew out his his Achilles within three plays. Bad luck. If you're the Jets... The thing with Zach Wilson is that everybody, the thing that really upsets me is because I don't know if Zach Wilson can be a starting quarterback or not in this league. I know he hasn't played well. I know he hasn't looked like one. But the reality of it is his coach is a defensive-minded coach. The Indianapolis Colts used a fourth pick 
they knew they were going to use their fourth pick to take the one quarterback coming out of the draft that didn't have many starts, that needed work, but had potentially the highest upside we might see coming out of a draft in a while. What did they do? Did they go hire the defensive coordinator for Philly or did they hire the offensive coordinator? They hired an offensive coordinator. So the reason why I put this, we can pile all on Zach Wilson all we want to. He has a defensive-minded head coach. Oh, has anybody forgot that he has arguably the worst offensive coordinator in league history that just orchestrated the league worst offense in history the season before? Who, through preseason, through two games now with Zach Wilson coming in, I haven't seen him muster more than 10 points or mustered an offense that scored more than 17 points dating back to last year when he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos? Have we? Has the media and everybody, former players, forgot that? I will remain to be on Hackett, and I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't care what happens in the Chicago Bears game when Denver goes to play Chicago, win or lose. If the New York Jets don't go into Denver... As bad as we know the Denver's defense is, we're talking about the last probably ranked defensive team in the National Football League that just gave up a 70-piece. If Hackett can't get 20 points scored on that defense going into Denver, there needs to be an investigation on how he really got this job and how he remains in the National Football League. I'm not going to let the media have it both ways. And that's notice on everybody that's facing this defense that's up in Colorado. If you can't score on that defense, then everybody needs the baby look at. So my point is we're piling on Zach Wilson where he has been set in a situation not to really be successful. Maybe he isn't an NFL quarterback, but we don't know that yet. And there's nothing the Jets have done from a psyche standpoint to a, a you can't say talent, but just from a coaching and a psyche standpoint to convince him otherwise. And sticking with the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, from his bedside, from his sick bed, finds a way to still be opinionated and offer his opinion on the state of the New York Jets. First of all, he's got to have some type. I don't know this. There's no inside information. I don't know. but And I don't know if anybody knows this except the two of the parties involved. Aaron Rodgers has to have some type of financial stake in the Pat McAfee show. Because at the end of the day, I found it very disrespectful. I find it very self-absorbing to continue to do this segment from your bed. I mean, he's sitting there half looks stiff like he's sitting up doing it, giving his thoughts. To have the gall to sit there and tell the Jets players, we need to calm down. Everybody across the board. Now, look at that key word. He says every across the board. He's call, He's talking to the coaching staff, too. He's saying, hey, I'm not going to use the word relax, but we need to come. Aaron, there's a number one rule, bro, and he knows this. When you're in the National Football League, why do you think Andrew Luck retired at the fourth preseason game? What did Andrew Luck tell you in his retirement speech? What did I even hear Andrew Luck come Spending so much time in the training room where when you do that and you're rehabbing, you're not necessarily part of the team anymore. 
That's why guys can't take it. That's why the guys that sustain injury after injury, you really start seep, doubt seeps in your head whether, man, is this really a sport for me to play? Am I really meant to play football? Because you're not with the guys. You're not on the team playing. You're not at the team dinner. You're in training. But this guy has the nerve where he's not really connected to the team to sit there from bedside. Probably haven't even been cleared to walk yet by doctors. Talking to Pat McAfee, still doing this interview and having the gall to say, well, we need to mature. Everybody across the board needs to calm down. I would take Russ with Hackett, Russ with Sean, with Vance Joseph, with a 72-piece. I'll relive that again before I have somebody that is supposed to be the face of my franchise like that, that I have interest in. Tom Brady. The guy that everybody says is the GOAT that hasn't even acted like this. The audacity of this guy. But why don't you tell us, no, and you know what? Pat McAfee, hustle, give, hats off to him. At the end of the day, he's a punter, but he's pulled off one of the big hustles besides the guy that basically got to the White House uh, that was a real estate mogul. Look, let me tell you something, McAfee. Don't sit there and piss on me and tell me, Rainy, well, you know, uh, I didn't really want to ask you about, you know, a question about talking about the coach. And At the end of the day, no, dude, ask him about his dude, Hackett. What is this? What ask him? What is Hackett gonna do to help this kid, Zach Wilson? You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here for the Maestro De Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great bold and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spitter of the One and Twos. 
Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. All right. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillen Whiskey. Keep in mind, Pillen Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before boiling glacier fed spring water is added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Also, Pillen Whiskey, keep in mind, their official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and their official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour. That is Pillen Whiskey, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 877-37-GRIND. All right. Keeping it moving. Um, as we get into, as we stay with the NFL theme um, here. Um, the other thing that we kind of basically learned. So that's my thoughts about the whole, you know, Aaron Rodgers situation. I just feel the Jets and Robert Sala. I mean, you know, Jones just let me know during the break that I guess he's already talked to the media today. He's kind of have a little bit different tune, trying to basically set the expectations what Zach needs to do to play better. Look, you can be a great coordinator. I say this a hundred times on this show. You can be a great coordinator. Uh, you can handle your unit, but being a great coordinator and getting the head seat, which is the head coaching job, it's two do- it's two totally different monsters. And Sala's off to a rocky start. Unfortunate, unfortunate for him, Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be the savior. Uh, the injury said otherwise, and now he's back in the same position he pretty much was when he took the team. But my question is, talk to the unit, man. Talk to Sauce. Talk to that defensive unit that was supposed to be challenging the 85 Bears. The 01 Ravens, where are they at? If, if you, I mean, like, it comes to the point where – if Zach doesn't funk, turn over the ball, the defense is going to have – they're the strongest unit. They're going to have to protect the offense. Just re, just keep that in mind. Um, you know, I just feel that this is one of those situations to where when I look at this with the Jets, it, it just comes down to where you're really in a situation where you got to force – and take your medicine this season and just go about. I just think the more they manifest with this Zach Wilson thing, the more chances it has to really derail this season. They and Look, we are, I mean, we're already through the first quarter of the season, but there's a lot of weeks left. There's a lot of football left to be played. They've got one win under their belt, okay? I mean, that's that's the reality. But the more they allow this to manifest and be a distraction, and Osala said this, this, and this, and the more he comes up and tries to lie, the worse that it makes it, Eight, in my opinion. 877-37-GRIND. All right. Also, uh, let's see. What else we got going on here? Sticking the NFL theme. Um, the Raiders situation. I had a question out there I wanted to pose. You know, the Raiders, we're getting a few weeks. I think we're about four weeks or five weeks out from the trade deadline in the National Football League. And we know last year uh, we saw a trade that brought Kirsten McCaffrey to the 49ers that shook things up, uh, rode that all the way to an NFC title game. Uh, So we're about five weeks away from the trade deadline. You know, when you look out there, and there's one particular player that I want to talk about because, again, he's voiced his displeasures before the season. That has surfaced again now that they have fallen below 500. Um, And I'm talking about Devontae Adams. And the question I had was, would Devontae Adams be a piece that the Raiders would be looking to move before the trade deadline? 
Now, Devontae Adams is the piece that was sold by this organization and this head coach and this current GM that, hey, we're going to pin you up and pair you up with your former college quarterback and Derek Carr. You're going to be a centerpiece of this new foundation moving forward here in the desert. How quickly that have changed. If Devontae Adams continues, because he's got the red ass right now. I mean, granted, the one thing I'll defend him is that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo has been hanging him out to dry on coat. He's taking some big hits because Jimmy has led him into some big hits. You know, your quarterbacks can lead receivers into getting hit, lit up. And this has happened twice to Devontae out of three weeks. Not alone, you know, along with that, he was already pissed off because he felt like the head coach and the ownership lied to him. So he's been disgruntled. So I would say keep an eye on that uh, because the, remember, and I've told you over the years, the NFL has become more like we have a generational GMs that have come in the game that they believe in trades. It used to be you didn't see trades in the NFL. Nobody could even tell you when the trade deadline was in the NFL because nothing happened. In the last few years, especially last year, you see a big piece with McCaffrey. Possibly, you know, well, not possibly. He got moved from the Carolina Panthers to the 49ers. And this year, Devontae Adams could be a different piece for a contending team out there uh, that basically wants to get his services. What do you got? Yeah, this year's trade deadline, it's a spooky one, October 31st. Uh-huh. Um, but Bleacher Report uh, put together five teams that should already be looking ahead. Uh, Brad Gagnon uh, it puts Judy on that list as well. So if you were to have the oh, – I mean, he has he also has Matthew Judon, uh, C.J. Mosley, Kirk Cousins, you know, who's been rumored to New York as well, and then uh, Bears safety, Eddie Jackson. Uh, but if you were to put uh, Devontae Adams and Jerry Judy out there, which one do you feel is more likely, given contract situations, given play and talent, given age, experience? Which one's more likely to, to get done first, I guess, uh, Devontae Adams or Jerry Judy? Um, I would still say, um, you know, and re- well, that's a lo- kind of loaded question because it's going to depend on the franchise or who's engaging. If you're talking about a contending team, the only way you're trading for Devontae Adams if you're a contending team going to the playoffs or trying to get to a conference championship game, you got to look at the, uh, you know, I've served reports. You look at the 49ers of the world. You look at the Cleveland Browns of the world. You look at the Green Bay Packers of the world of return. Those are the teams I've heard floated. If you're not a contended team, you're not trading for Devontae Adams. So when you ask me straight up between Devontae Adams and Jerry Judy to a contending team, is Devontae Adams. You're not going to give up a first. You could potentially still get a first-round pick for Devontae Adams. If you're looking to trade Judy, I don't know if anybody is probably even willing to give a second round pick for Jerry Judy because it's just not enough good film out there on Jerry Judy. I mean, I think you see he had a horrible first year. He had a horrible start, I think, even last year. But he basically was a little bit of the bright spot in that horrible offense last year toward the end of the season. This season, this hamstring uh, missing the first two games uh, of the season – uh, well, the first game of the season, um, also lingering, and he just hasn't dropped. He just hasn't popped out of the page, man. So I'm not getting. You can't. Uh, Broncos in a situation where I would be hard pressed to think they could even get a number two for Judy. So to answer your question, is Devontae Adams because I'll give. We will if I'm a team that's a receiver short, and I think I have a playoff roster team and potentially at least a conference championship team. I will give up a first round for Devontae Adams. Age is, and you know, look, the reason why Devontae Adams is also coming more disgruntled, he's at that age where it's like, look, Devontae knows I've got like maybe about two or three good years left at a high level. 
I don't want to waste none of that. I want to win a title. I've caught all these footballs from Aaron Rodgers. I've helped him win some MVPs. I, I've done this. I want to win. I don't have a ring. I want a ring. That's another reason why Devontae Adams has grown restless in the desert. So that's my thoughts on that. But when we talk about trades, and we, you know, when we talk about that, and, and we can kind of basically go and lead into the team uh, here in Colorado, uh, in the Mile High City. Shout out to Mile High Sports. Uh, been trying to get. I, I mean, I wanted to get. We've been chasing Troy rank to try to get him on this week i want to give him his thoughts probably after the i know sean's kind of talking to the media as i speak or whatever i'm i can't wait to hear this later on um look this is where you know we're going to find out the body language and we're going to find out the tone of the message that's going forward with this organization i gave my whole soapbox yesterday about the media and the fan base and the reality so we can move forward with that let me tell you what i'm really looking for going forward uh, and this is kind of going to tie into the situation where I feel the Jets are in. You know, you, you have a situation where Robert Sala can talk about what he doesn't have at the quarterback position and what he doesn't have here. And Zach's got to play better. It's a maturity thing. The reality that doesn't change the situation as the strong unit of the New York Jets because of unseen circumstances is the defensive side of the ball. So it's up for the defense to sit there and step up. When I talk about this team in Colorado and Denver, speaking of the Denver Broncos, what I am interested in seeing going forward with them, getting off the mat, wiping the mud off your face, what I'm looking at is this coaching staff, and really from Sean Payton and from an offensive standpoint, uh, Webb, the quarterback coach, I'm looking at what are you, now that you know what you're dealing with, you're dealing with a defense that is hot garbage, and you're dealing with the offense that has showed improvement. But if we look at where we're at right now, speaking of if you're a coach and you're looking at our player, where we're at, speaking of the Denver Broncos, our strong side, not by much, not like Jets to Jets separation from their defense offense, but the offense is the stronger side of the ball. So what I'm looking at is what is going to be the scheme and what is going to be the direction of protecting your defense. And when I say protected the defense, are we going to see longer drives? Trying to shorten that other opponent's possessions. Are we going to take a look at that? Is that what's going to happen? That's what I'm looking for. And, of course, the obvious, uh, you know, Stevie Wonder can see it. What kind of effort are you going to get? Now, when we talk to this particular, when we talk about this particular team and this particular matchup, whoever loses this matchup is in the, I won't say in the clubhouse, but they're at the starting pole for the race for number one or number two overall pick. If you want to say the Caleb, Caleb Williams sweepstakes all over again, yeah. Now, the reality of it is, is that the loser of this game as well also, and you could say the winner of this team, maybe the game, you just prolong the devil, but eventually one of these teams are going to be in this position. But let's say if you lose this team and you're the Denver Broncos and you just gave up 70 piece. I know there's an anonymous executive GM out there today that put out there and say, hey, you know what, Sean is – it kills him to think that anybody thinks that he's not good. So when you hear that, you hear a guy like a guy on East 10, on East Houston Street, we got here, a guy like, hey, man, I will turn over every stone before I just sit here and just take these L's, regardless what the prize is at the end. 
the reality of it is, is that if you get to a position, if you lose this game in Chicago, let's say you win this and you go on to lose the Jets and you lose in Kansas City and now you're sitting at one and five or six, whatever the hell it would be. Then that trade deadline's coming up. There's rumors out there floating already. Could you imagine? And I'm not telling you that, that I'm champion for this, but these are the real conversations that Orange Nation and, and the city of Denver and, and, and the fan base have to start having conversations. Look at it. Could you imagine what a Patrick Sertain II could look like in a 49ers uniform? When you go, if you're going to bottom out and you're going to get to that point and this whole season has blown up in your face and you got Sean with a six-year contract, there's only one way, man. There's only one way in the NFL. You've got to rebuild it and you've got to do it through the draft. So the message is today is that there's a lot riding on this game just from a standpoint of where the outlook for the rest of the 13 games are going to look like. Because whoever, Chicago or Denver, despite what happens on Sunday at 12 o'clock Central Standard Time, 11 o'clock Mountain Time, you are going to have to be looking at really early the prospects of 2024. So that's the reality. It's not where, you know, you thought if you're a player, you this, because really, if anything, the players on defense especially, they've got to know, like, look, there's a good chance a lot of us are not basically going to come back. And that means even the the potential all pros in the Pro Bowl, which I think if you're on a defense that gives up 70, I don't think anybody on this defense is making no Pro Bowl. I don't give a damn what they do going forward. But those are some of the harsh realities. But I will tell you, if you are a Denver fan, better believe if there's not a sign of life, if there's nothing that we're going to upgrade him to the second floor, move them out of ICU, all, all hands on deck. Nobody's safe on that roster. Not even a PS2, not even a Justin Simmons. Because not only that, you have a big contract lingering extension on PS2 as well. Are you willing to extend that kind of money, what it is for a premium corner like that, with a team that basically could be basically maybe two years away, three years away from being a true contender? Questions that we have to ask as we march forward to the uh, doo-doo bow matchup in Soldier Field. 877-37-GRIND. Anthony Richardson is back at practice for the Colts uh, today. All signs. I'm pretty sure I thought that he was listed as questionable. Uh, Jalen Waddell is back at practice for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, You know, they have a big division game this weekend against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. It's their first matchup. Uh, Remake of remake. A rematch rematch of last year's playoff game when there was no tour. This is very intriguing. I expect Waddell to be out there hands on deck. I knew he wasn't playing last week and we saw why they didn't need him last week um so those are kind of your return i told you yesterday if you didn't listen to the show you can go check the podcast out on sportsgroundline.com but i mentioned how this whole thing was going with the protocol of concussions guys that are getting cleared prime example and get ready for this let me do how to do the the horse gallop yeah i don't expect jimmy g to play this weekend for the raiders against the chargers the, the trickle-down effect of that, it was going to see this kid from Michigan that I talked about in the preseason for the Raiders. Don't be surprised if you get a little 
little controversy coming in if this kid comes off the bench because I really don't think Jimmy – I don't even know what the play it was he got the concussion on. But if he's in concussion protocol, there's no way he's playing this Sunday. So I believe we're going to take a look at this kid out of Michigan um, that's going to get the start. And the offense could look a little bit better and a lot more smoother. I was very impressed. Now, this is preseason versus to the real season. Chargers defense is very well underachieved. They're overrated. They're bad. Okay. Who's the thing? You know what? That just shows you the time. Who would just sit there to think? The Kansas City Chiefs would sit there when it's all said and done through four weeks and maybe the way this is going to look like the rest of the season, have the best defense in the AFC West. What the hell's going on, man? I mean, that no, I mean, offense a given. You got Patrick Mahomes, you got Andy Reid. If you go look right now, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are top four in defense in the league. Top five. So automatically, they damn well be the best defense in the AFC West. The hell is going on? But that's the reality. What do you got? Uh, quick correction: Aiden O'Donnell is oh, Aiden O'Connell. Sorry, is uh, Purdue. He went to Purdue. Purdue I'm sorry, yeah. I thought he went to Michigan. Not um, Purdue. And, You're right. And, that's and right. Course, my fault. But, but I mean, you do have former Michigan State quarterback Brian Hoyer. No, that's not who I'm talking that, about. Right? I understand. Yeah, Purdue. Thank you for the correction. Uh, but you do have so so for anybody out there who wasn't putting two and yeah, two yeah. together on the, on the depth yeah. chart there. So you feel like they would go with the fourth round pick who hasn't even been made active according to Paul Gutierrez over at uh, ESPN. He hasn't even been made active for a game this season. He would jump the veteran Brian Hoyer. Didn't take that in consideration. Um, well, look, there's no doubt Brian Hoyer knows Josh's system. The Patriot way. Yeah. I'm going by what I saw. I've seen the Brian Hoyer story before. I think now it's surprising. Now, well, wait, hold on. I can't say it's surprising that the kid's not activated yet because I told you we've talked about the whole carrying three, you know, uh, quarterbacks. The to, quarterback right. Um, I think if we don't hear that he's active by today or tomorrow, it's probably going to rule out he's going to play. It would be Brian Hoyer. But in my opinion, I think if you're the Raiders and you took this kid from Purdue uh, and based off what we saw in the preseason, why not? I know what Brian Hoyer looks like. Brian Hoyer, in my opinion, is not going to give you that much better chance to win than this than this young man. Because all I heard in the preseason is he had no problem picking up on Josh McDaniels offense, you know, but. Uh, you make a valid point. Told that forgot that he wouldn't be activated. But no, if he's not activated by the day tomorrow, he ain't gonna play this week. You got to practice. You know, he's gonna play. Well, he practices. I mean, he just hasn't been, been activated on, on for the sun, roster on Sunday. I think he, he hasn't been on the fifty. I think you got to call him up. I think he'll be called up to at least be there. Uh, you know, but Brian Hoyer forgot he was on that roster. He's a veteran, knows the system. But I roll with the kid with Purdue from Purdue. You listen to the Sports Grind today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York.
Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. <laughs> 